Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Talk Recorded live. God is so worthy. God is so worthy. Worthy of glory. God is so worthy.
why, children of God, this is why. God wants you up under sound 
biblical teaching. I tell you this, if they're not preaching and teaching sound doctrine, then God don't want you there. Now, this is why this is why some of you cursed right there under the sound of my voice, because if you up under some crazy doctrine and some crazy teaching, God is not only punishing them for the crazy teaching, but God is going to punish you, too, for sitting up under that nonsense. You have got to be led by the spirit of God to be up under the doctrine, the sound doctrine that God wants you to be up under. We're talking about divine positioning. God wants you in a position so that you can hear his word. Why? Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing, hearing, hearing. The hearing, hearing. The more you position yourself to hear what God has said, the more blessings God is going to be begin to reveal to you. See, some of you got blessings that God wants to give, but because you're not up under the apostles' doctrine, you don't even know where yourself up under the apostles' doctrine or up under sound biblical teaching. What what our job is as teachers, pastors, elders, overseers, bishops is to help put you in touch with your blessings, help connect you with your blessings. See, we all want to be blessed, but we don't all want to do the things that it takes to be blessed. Most of us under the most of most of us under the sound of my voice, if we had a choice between having muscles on our body and having our bodies fat and out of shape, most of us would choose muscles if it was just a matter of it rolling off the tongue. But because there are things that must be done in order to get fat off the body and muscles on the body, a lot of us, you know, we don't want to put the work in for that. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you will put the work in. For your blessings. Understand that we're not saved by works, but we are definitely blessed by works. Come on, children of God. We're not saved. No, 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 no. God said, no, you're saved by faith. Faith in my only begotten son, say of the Lord. God said that you're not by works, lest any man should boast. God said, look, your salvation is not by works. Your salvation is by faith in the risen Savior, but your blessings will be based on your works. Works. Jesus talked about how the harvest is right, but the laborers or the workers are few. Jesus said, look, there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done in the kingdom of God. God said, I just don't have a whole lot of people to do it. Your blessings. Don't look. Listen at this. Watch this now. If all you did was lay around in your bed all day. Most of us, unless you got your money somewhere invested real, real nice. But if all you did was lay around in your bed or just sit around, you're probably not going to make any money. Why? Because you got to go and get to work. Money is the is the reward for normally for a job well done or for works that have been put in. God wants you and I to work. He wants us to work. Divine positioning, divine positioning. You even go, you you even go, and and the Lord is just placing this in my spirit here because we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter four verse twenty three. But God is it just directed my eyes as we're talking about work here. Back to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18, the calling of Jesus' first disciples. He didn't call these disciples, he didn't call these apostles from just sitting somewhere, twiddling their thumbs, or just looking around somewhere. Or just, he called these men from work. These men were working. God places a high, high premium on work. 
The Bible even talks in either Proverbs or Ecclesiastes about the, the sleep of a laborer. That means somebody that's working is sweet. It's sweet. Bible says in verse 18, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake. In other words, they were working for they were fishermen. Listen to what Jesus said. Come follow me. Why? Because you already got the concept of work. See, if you don't have the concept of hard work, then before God, before you, you need to get that. That's important. God, when you're talking about doing a work for God, listen at the key word, listen at the adjective, a work for God. These men were working. God called them from their work to the work for God. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, look, I'm not calling you to no work. I'm calling you to greater works. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you, I, it's between you and the Lord now. God is calling you to greater works. You've been working. You've been doing different things. You've been diligent. You've been working hard. But God, when God starts calling you, understand God's call is always a call to greater works. Jesus even told his apostles on one occasion, he said, greater works than these shall you do. Now, that, that almost sounds strange because Jesus was God in the likeness of sinful man. How is he going to tell us that we're going to do even greater works? Well, you think about it. Jesus never, never left about a 40-mile radius in his ministry. As great as he was, as awesome as he was, as many miracles as he were, he never left about a 40-mile radius. But some of us today, some of us pastors, bishops, elders, overseers, apostles, we crisscrossing the globe. I remember once I had done uh, three continents in less than 24 hours. Went from Africa to Europe, Europe to North America in less than 24 hours. So God has a greater work for you. Whatever you are doing, child of God, whatever level you are on, whatever place you are in in life, understand that God has a greater work. God has a greater place. God wants to take you higher. However blessed you are, God wants you more blessed. However anointed you are, God wants to bring out greater anointing. God is always calling us to a place of greater, greater. And I just want to encourage you, child of God, under the sound of my voice. I don't know what your mama has said about you. I don't know what your daddy has said about you. I don't know what they've said about you in your village or in your hometown. In fact, I don't even really care because the only thing I care about is what God has said about you. And I want you to know, child of God, that greatness is already in you. You are not a mistake. You are not a blunder. I, greatness is in you. And as you divinely position yourself, God will begin to bring it out. Divine positioning, divine positioning. I was talking with one saint earlier today from Nigeria, and we were talking about the difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. All virgins, all those girls had done a pretty good job. They kept themselves from men. That was, that was pretty wise. That was, that was a pretty good thing. But one group was able to go to the fulfillment of their blessing, and the other group only was only able to go part way. And that's how it is in life. See, because that the wise virgins, not only did they were they virgins and kept themselves away from men, but when the when the when the man that God had intended for them to marry came, they were ready. 
they had oil for their lamps. The other girls, they had kept themselves from men. That was a that was a real good thing. But when their Boaz came, when their bridegroom came, when the when the bridegroom came, they were out trying to get get some oil so that they could be ready, and they missed their blessing. May you not miss your blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's be divine positioning. Well, see, see, the only way you can divinely position yourself is you take care of the things that God had told you to take care of, the prerequisites. The reason why the wise virgins were able and ready to go is because they had gotten oil at, a, at when they had some free time. The foolish virgins tried to use the time that it was time to go for going to get oil, and that didn't work. That caused them to miss their blessing. All right. We looked at capital A in our outline on the mountain of the Lord, Genesis 22:13, Deuteronomy 9 and 9, capital B, so that we don't cause offense. There are certain things that God wants us to do at times not to cause offense. We looked at Matthew 17:27, Mark 6 and 3, and it brought us on down to capital C. We looked on and started on it a little bit last night. This is not Galilee. This is not Galilee. And we looked at Mark 16 and 14, how that Jesus had to rebuke his disciples. Jesus had to come all the way back from the dead. And one of his first order of businesses after he rose from the dead was to go and rebuke his disciples who were in, Gal in, in Jerusalem behind locked doors because of fear of the Jews instead of being in Galilee where he had told them to be before he had even died. Those disciples were in, in Jerusalem mourning and and depressed and dejected and different things on a day, on the third day, which is when Jesus told them he was going to raise from the dead. They were crying. They were mourning a day that should have been a day of celebration. They were they were mourning a day that should have been filled with excitement filled with exuberation. They were they were behind locked doors, afraid, depressed and dejected. And that's how some of you are under the sound of my voice. This life is meant to be enjoyed. If you listen, child of God, out there under the sound of my voice, if you are not experiencing on a constant and continuous basis, the joy of the Lord is something you're doing wrong in your Christianity. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God intends and means for us to be to be joyful. Does that mean that we're not going that we're not going to have uh, go through some difficulties and go through some hardships? No, of course not. We're going to go through some things that are that are not the best. But I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, don't let anybody steal your joy because that's your strength. It's not your bank account. It's not your 401k. It's not how much you have in stocks and bonds. It's the joy of the Lord. And what is the joy of the Lord? That inner knowledge that everything is going to be all right. Even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even if we have to go through the lion's den, even if we have to be thrown in the fiery furnace, the joy of the Lord is speaking in our inner man saying, look, all things work together for your good because you love the Lord and have been called according to his purposes. Come on, children of God. Let's get this here. Brought us down to capital C. This is not Galilee. We looked last night at Mark chapter 16, verse 14, and we want to look today briefly at Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Now, understand one or two things about Galilee. Galilee was a region in northern Israel. It's a very mountainous region, and it was divided into the upper and the lower gate. Um, the name was given by the Israelites 
and it was a tribal region uh, that was given to Naphtali and Dan. In the Hebrew, the root word for Galilee was Galilee, Galilee in the Hebrew, and it meant district. Now, it was the home of Jesus for about 30 years of his life. It was an area that had a lot of political unrest. It was an area that was a kind of a hotbed for political activity during the time of Jesus. Now, as you look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, the scripture says that Jesus went throughout Galilee. He went throughout this region. He went throughout this district teaching in their synagogues. Watch this preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Now, we're going to look at capital C in our outline. This is not Galilee. And you're going to see how the Lord ties this in very soon. Watch. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. Thank you for life, health, strength, the ability to walk, to talk, to see to smell, to taste. We thank you for provisions, Father. We thank you for protection. You have told us in your word that unless the Lord watches a city, the watchmen watch in vain. Thank you for watching our homes, Father, our businesses, our lives. Thank you, Father, for not allowing Satan and his children to do what all of what they want to do. We thank you today, Father. We pray that as your people are tuning in in the four corners of the earth, May you speak a word, Father, that will add blessing and increase in their lives. We give you glory in advance, trusting that you're going to do these things for us. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Let God's people say, Amen. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile. Now, this is not Galilee. My spirit keeps going back to the disciples in Jerusalem. Now, we want to, we want to get an understand that the difference between Jerusalem and Galilee, Jerusalem and Galilee. Now, Jerusalem was supposed to be in Jesus's day. It was kind of like the center of religious activity. The temple was there. You know, if there was some new doctrine or some new teaching that came out, individuals would kind of check with Jerusalem to see what Jerusalem had to say about different things that were going on. And but but these were where many of the individuals were housed or based that uh, presented some of the most problems to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is where Jesus was, was uh, crucified. This is where the religious leaders stirred up the crowds against Jesus and had the people hollering, crucify him. Some of the same crowds that watched Jesus heal the sick. Some of the same crowds that watched Jesus raise the dead. Some of the same crowds that watched Jesus turn water into wine and, and, and knew of Jesus as being a blessing in people's lives. These were some of the same people a few days after hollering Hosanna. They were now hollering crucify him. And the disciples had positioned themselves after the, on the third day right in this environment. And Jesus came back from the dead, and in essence, I had to let them know this is not Galilee. This is not where I told you. Now, you say, Apostle, what's the difference between Jerusalem and Galilee? The difference is that Galilee was a place that Jesus spent a large portion of his life, and for the most part, they received his ministry. 
Galilee was a place where Jesus worked all kinds of miracles. Galilee was a place where Jesus was able to heal the sick. Galilee was a place where Jesus was able to preach the good news. In other words, Galilee was a place where Jesus was accepted. Now, I told you all last night, I said, don't don't look to spend a whole lot of time in places where you are tolerated. Spend time in places where you are celebrated. Galilee was a place where Jesus was celebrated. Galilee was a place where Jesus was able to do the, the, all sorts of miracles and do all sorts of great things that God wanted him to do to the place where the news, look at verse 24, news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, demon possessed, those having seizures, paralyzed, and he healed them. Galilee was a place where Jesus had a whole lot of freedom to do what God wanted him to do. Jesus said, this is where I want you to meet me when I raise up from the dead. This is where I want you to meet me on the third day. Not in Jerusalem where they were hollering, crucify me. Not in Jerusalem where a whole lot of folk rejected my ministry. Not in Jerusalem where I was betrayed. Meet me in Galilee. Say, Apostle, what is it you're trying to get us to understand? Understand this under the sound of my voice. Every child of God under the sound of my voice, because whether you know it or not, you are a minister. Bible lets us know that we are competent ministers of the new covenant. The spirit of God is in you. The same spirit of God that's in you is the same spirit of God that's in your pastor. Same spirit of God that's in you, child of God, is the same spirit of God that's in me. That's in T.D. Jakes. That's in uh, Creflo Dollar. That's in Pastor Chris. That's in. It's the same spirit of God. So don't think that you're not a minister. You are a minister, child of God, and you are a competent one. But what you have to always keep in mind in regards to ministry is that our ministries are much like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. Now, if I was to come in here right now and dump right out in the, in, at the altar here, 1,000 jigsaw, buy a jigsaw puzzle, dump all the pieces right on the ground. Well, all of the pieces don't make up the whole. I mean, each one of the pieces individually doesn't make up the whole of the jigsaw or the puzzle. But the piece plays its part. And it fits in its certain place. That's how it is with ministry. There, in other words, God has already marked off exactly the dimensions of your ministry, child of God. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Break it down even further. That means that God already has in his mind all the people that he wants you to share the gospel with. Because you do know, child of God, that God wants you to share the gospel with somebody. You might not stand behind a pulpit. You might not go into the four corners of the earth. You might not stand in front of 10, 15,000 people and preach. But God has marked off the people that he has already decreed that you are to present the gospel to. Pastor's not going to present the gospel to everybody. Apostle's not going to present the gospel to everybody. There are people that you have been decreed by God that it's your destiny that God means for you to bring the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But your dimensions have been marked off. In other words, God's got who he wants you to share the gospel with, and then God's got who he doesn't. The Apostle Paul and some of his companions wanted to go into, uh, wanted to go into Asia. 
They wanted to take the gospel into Asia. They had been all over Asia Minor sharing all kind of different things with the gospel. But the Bible says that they were constrained or they were held back by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go. For years, I've been wanting to take the gospel to, to the U.K., of all places in the world. I've been probably 40 countries. No problem getting in, every kind of thing. But every time I go to the U.K., children of God, one of the first things I get is locked up and sent back to wherever I come from. So you've got to know, you say, Apostle, what is it important? It's important for us to know the parameters of our ministry, to know where God is sending us and where he is not. God, I am here. keep hearing the Lord say, this is not Galilee. The disciples, I mean, uh, uh, the disciples in, in Jerusalem, after Jesus had risen from the dead, they were out of place. So one of the first things Jesus had to do was rebuke them for being out of place. Because, see, when you, are being, when you are out of place, your ministry is not as effective as God wants it to be. The disciples were out of place when Jesus rose from the dead. Instead of in Galilee and, and seeing the risen Savior and, and celebrating and rejoicing with him coming back from the dead, they were in Jerusalem with downcast faces. They were in Jerusalem dejected. They were in Jerusalem afraid, behind locked doors, afraid of the Jews. But Jesus passed right on through the locked doors and rebuked them for their lack of faith, the Bible says, and their stubborn refusal to believe all of what the people had told them that had seen him. Let us Find out from God where he wants us and let us get there as quickly as possible. Look at verse 25. And we're about to close this message this morning, children of God. Large crowds from Galilee and Decapolis, which was 10 cities, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Followed him. One of the most important lessons that you will ever learn in this walk with God is where the importance of being where God wants you to be. Just just being there, just just being there, you know. Because that see see God God drops His blessings at specific times. At specific seasons, we're going, and my spirit keeps going back to those, the wise and the foolish virgins. God knew when he was going to drop the blessing of the husband man for, five, for those virgins. He knew. About midnight, the scripture talks about how about midnight the, the, the cry rang out. So God already, see, the thing is, we don't always know when God is going to drop the blessing. And see, this is why God be trying to get us prepared and get us in position. Because God be saying, look, I know when I'm going to drop the blessing. Now, we used to play a little game when we were little children called hide-and-go-seek. Some of you all remember. One person get on the tree, cover their eyes up, start counting to ten, and, and everybody else take off running and hide. And that one on the tree, when he get to ten, he'd be like, ready or not, here I come. Well, in essence, that's what God is doing with, with our blessings. Ready or not, God be saying, look, here I come. Ready or not, here's where your blessing, here, here come your husband. Ready or not, here come your promotion. Ready or not, here come, your, here come your breakthrough. Ready or not. But now, if you're not in the right place, then it's, that's called not ready. So now you have to miss out. In hide-and-go-seek, we used to say, look, when we got to 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, ready or not, here I come. 
So that means whether you don't got yourself hid, there have been times we've been playing that game as little bit children. I be trying to get my leg back in the closet, be trying to close the door. They're like, Why? I am not fully ready yet. And sometimes those are the first ones that are caught by the individual because they, while, while he's coming to find them, they hadn't positioned themselves well in their hiding, and he see their legs sticking out and go right there and get them. So we, want to, we, we don't want to be a part, children of God, of the not ready when the blessing of God comes. We don't want to be a part of that group. We want to be a part of the ready group. The scripture tells us to be ye all so ready. We don't want to be getting ready when Jesus returns in the clouds. Uh, Lord, hold up. Let me get myself together. No. See, that's called missing out on the rapture. No, we want to be ready. I want to encourage you, child of God. Let us be ready. Let us, let us be in our Galilees so that God does not come back and find us not in our Galilee. This is not Galilee. We bless God for who he is. And I trust that somebody under the sound of my voice today has gained a revelation on the importance of being in divine position. Divine position. I'm not talking about where the crowd say go. I'm not talking about where your culture said go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being where God has told you to go. As you check the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, most times you'll find the people throughout the Bible that received the blessing from God. These are the people that were where God wanted them to be. Doing what God wanted them to do. Where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do will, will cause God to supernaturally empower you to prosper. It will cause God to supernaturally empower you to go higher. It will cause God to supernaturally empower you to not be at the mercy of of the hands of the adversary and his children. Being where God wants you and doing what God wants you to do is an empowering experience. May God continue to bless each of you and heaven smile on you. God bless you, saints. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.